New to the living healthy lifestyle or a healthy living veteran, this is your place for honest answers. Naturally Savvy with registered holistic nutritionist Andrea Donsky and health journalist Lisa Davis. So glad you're listening to Naturally Savvy Podcast. I'm Lisa Davis. I've been away for a while. I'm back. And now Andrea's away today. One of these days we will get back together. And we're just so thrilled that you are enjoying the program today. One of my favorite people is joining us today. Her name is Dr. Joyce Knudsen. You've heard Dr. Joyce here before. We're going to be talking about body image and mental health. Hello, Dr. Joyce. Welcome back to Naturally Savvy. Hello, Lisa. It's my pleasure. Always great to be with you and, and with Andrea. You know, Dr. Joyce, one of the things that I'm really concerned about, especially having a a 12-year-old daughter, is the media and images and women. And the other day, I came across this great thing on Twitter, and it's hashtag they said. And it was all these women sharing hurtful things, really hurtful and damaging things that have been said to them about their bodies. Now, you are into fashion and image, and I think it's important we take good care of ourselves And at the same time, fat shaming and making us feel bad if we're not the right size just is not okay. So I'm really interested in the balance of this. And I would love to hear your opinions. And then I would love to talk a little more. You know, they said, for example, you should stop eating. Being slim is the best. No boy's ever going to love you. You'd be pretty if you weren't so fat. I mean, all that (laughs) does is just, right? I mean, it's laughable in like a tragic way. So talk to us about how do you find this balance between wanting people to be healthy, wanting them to be fashionable, wanting to have style, but not making them feel ugly, right? And, and let them be who they are. Well, it all goes back to having a poor self-esteem, and that starts when they're children. And it really is important, such a great subject these people are writing about, because I don't know anybody that hasn't been told something. I've been called four eyes my whole childhood because I have poor vision. Uh, and that's just a, just sort of a slap in the face because you already have the poor vision. You don't need people to point it out to you. So <laughs> yeah. it's really people t- tend to feel more comfortable saying something to you that is uh, negative than positive. Isn't that silly? It really is silly. Uh, it is they silly. And that, it's but they don't know any better. Well, it was probably done to them, I'm guessing. But, well, yes. Uh, you know, uh, the, the way that body image... Um, works is, is so important because not only can it be, uh, as a child, really hurt somebody for the rest of their life. I hear people telling me stories in their 60s that say that they still remember and, and are bothered by something that someone said to them 30 years ago. And so it's like, what? <laughs> Why don't they get over it? <laughs> but it isn't easy. And anybody that has a low body image understands that. So Body image mostly relates to how we view everything about ourselves, our weight, our shape, our size, and the thoughts and emotions that we have around these. So it includes features such as hair, skin, make, makeup, disabilities, and uh, other things like wearing glasses. You know, the old saying, men don't make passes at women who wear glasses. It's not uh, yeah. true. A lot of people look <laughs> no, great in not. glasses. But in their mind, it's true. And it's all perception. Perception is reality. Yeah, that is true. And, and and what do you say to people who have been damaged and have a lot of pain? I mean, for example, you know, I, I've never really I've been doing radio for a long time and I've never really shared this story because I've always uh, kind of had a I guess shame about it. But I think it's time. Joyce, if you don't mind, I'd love to Dr. Joyce. I'd love to tell the story. Uh, 
So when I was 11, my mother started in on me about my nose and she would say, oh, you have such a beautiful little face and you have such pretty big eyes and pretty lips. If only your nose was smaller, if only your nose was smaller. And I already felt bad about myself. I was skinny. I was uncoordinated. I was average in school. There was nothing I really excelled at. I didn't feel good about myself. And your mother is not the person you need telling you these things. She said, when you're older, you can get your nose fixed. And I was like, well, I really don't want to get my nose fixed. And she would push me. My dad would say, Diane, just, you know, leave her alone. She's fine. She's fine. And when I was 16, I finally was like, oh, I'm so sick of my mother saying it. So I did. And it turned out not great. It turned out kind of crooked. And I still, my nose is still a little crooked. And I'll never remember the disappointment on my mother's face. And I was so angry because I felt like, you push me into this. I look worse now. <laughs> and I didn't, what are you doing? You, you know, and now if there's ever something wrong, I'm like, Oh, should I get it fixed? Should I do this? Oh, I could get that. And, and I've never been happy with my nose. And I've always thought about getting in redone. And I don't want to, I don't want to go through the hassle, but it really damaged me. And I think that if my, you know, I look at my daughter, and I always say, you're beautiful, just the way you are, you never have to change a thing. And I'm going to let you talk, Dr. Joyce, I promise. I just want to share one more story. Okay. My mother, my mother told one of her, my mother told all her friends like, oh my God, Lisa's going to be so beautiful now. She's not beautiful now, but she will be. And I was at, uh, I was at a, a friend's bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah. And I remember this woman that I knew, she was a friend of my mom. She came up to me and she said, Lisa, don't do it. I think you're beautiful. And I looked at her and she had one of those like um, very 1960s nose jobs. It was teeny, like too small for her face and really upturned. And you could just tell that it was just obvious and it didn't look right. And I, that meant so much to me. And I thought, God, why couldn't my mom have said that? And that's what I mean by like a traumatic thing. It's not like somebody says, oh, you, you know, lose weight once. It's when your own parent is like actually pushing you to get plastic surgery. It's not. Well, what, what your mother was doing and she didn't know it. She was giving you something yes. called body dysmorphic disorder, called BDD. Oh, she sure did. BDD. And most yes. of us, we don't, we don't love something about ourselves. We have a crooked nose, bad example. Yeah, an uneven smile, <laughs> or eyes that are too. It's only a little crooked. Eyes no, that I've are had too filler big. added to it to make it <laughs> less. I know. I'm no. I'm being honest. I was like. I'm not going to get it redone, but it, you know, in pictures, it looks more crooked and I do media. So I had a little filler put in and it actually looks less crooked without having to have it refixed. And that was, I didn't feel bad about that because I feel like this wasn't my idea. In the first well, you're place. in the public anyway, eye and, and you have to yes, do, yes. appearance is very important as you know, that's yes, my, go on. my life. Um, but yes. the thing is, is that um, we may first uh, read about our imperfections. Uh, but they don't interfere with our daily life. But people who have body dysmorphic disorder think about their real or perceived flaws for hours at a time every day. Yes. And so it, it sounds like you're, you got your mother's karma. I don't know why. It's usually supposed to be the other way around because her karma should have been something that she was unhappy with about herself. Uh, but you can't control your negative feelings and you can't tell somebody not to believe people who tell them when they ask them if my nose is a certain way. But the people that do it may undergo unnecessary plastic surgery to correct perceived imperfections, never really fi finding any satisfaction. And that's, if you don't find that, it doesn't matter how much surgery you have. Look at all these movie stars. They go and have surgery. They're still the same person. Yes. So, I, you know, to me, be... Uh, 
thankful for that you've got a certain age and that you are uh, not going to carry around something that somebody else told you. It's just an opinion, and you know what opinions are, right? Opinions are like, you know what, everybody has one. (laughs) That's what opinions are. So it doesn't mean anything. And what people don't realize, there are symptoms of this, and people not knowing the symptoms don't really realize that people with severe body dysmorphic uh, disorder may avoid having their, you know, their homes altogether and may even have suicidal thoughts. And so Mm -hmm. your mother wasn't doing you a favor, but some of the signs of having it are like camouflaging with body position, clothing, makeup, hair, uh, comparing body parts to other people, seeking surgery is a big one, and then checking in a mirror and running away because you don't want to look at yourself. Uh, Those are people that are avoid mirrors. And uh, picking their skin because they want to get it off, whatever it is. And, you know, just excessive grooming and excessive exercise is a big one. I know you exercise a lot. I'm not sure. I don't excite, not excessively though, honestly. Like I do Pilates twice a week and then I walk my three dogs six times a week, you know. So, and then I lift weights maybe once a week. (laughs) Most people don't exercise at all. They sit on their behind. Well, they should be doing something. (laughs) Yeah, really. But the diagnosis and treatment, the thing is to get an accurate diagnosis of it, you can't just look on the internet and find out everybody's opinions. You have to first uh, tell your concerns to a professional, a mental health professional, because this really is a mental health problem. And you can take a self-test that can help you. There's many on the Internet I can recommend. I don't know that I can right this minute, but certainly can give it to you to give tell your listeners. Yeah, we can post time. it with the interview. Um, but the children, if they're preoccupied with their parents, that interferes with concentration in school. Or if their behavior is one of the above, they have to talk to a mental health professional, don't you think? Yeah, you know, I, I saw something I wanted to say, speaking of children, which I think it's the saddest thing I've ever seen, a commentary in terms of uh, a picture being worth a thousand words. I'm going to retweet it later so people go to Health Media Gal 1. Uh, you'll be able to find it. It's a picture of a little girl. She probably looks about six. She's sitting down on the floor. She's wearing a, a T-shirt that's lifted up a little bit and shorts. And she's holding her. She's looking at a fashion magazine. And there's a skinny girl in there. She's holding her a stomach roll of fat, just like a regular fat. You know, everyone has fat rolls. Yeah. And she has yeah. scissors to the, She has scissors to it. That is the most powerful thing I've ever seen. I feel like everyone in the world should have to look at that picture and really think about what the F we're doing with all of this um photoshopping and this and that my 12 year old daughter and I talk about this all the time and she'll look at a magazine and she goes you know mommy I know that girl's photoshopped I know she doesn't look like that or she kind of looks like that or and and she was so sweet I I showed her some old pictures of what I used to look like with my larger nose and she said I liked your nose mommy I think you should have left it and uh she's like I'm sorry your mom treated you that way and that really made Uh, me that's very sweet (laughs) well I've seen a lot of people who are cutters in my practice and what they don't realize the parents of the cutters. They say, oh, well, she cuts. You know, that she's a cutter. Well, what are you going to do about it? Because uh, it's negative body language is such a concern for children because the information age that we're experiencing currently has meant that children are increasingly exposed to cultural ideals of what body image yes. is supposed to be about. So there's many forms of social media uh, is one of them, about behavior, representing yourself as your physical image such as selfies, and creating a platform for which 
comparison and, let's say, rating of the images as an expectation. This context encourages the notion of self-worth to be attached to their appearance and their how they feel about their body. And their sense of self-worth has a dried impact on our mental health and well-being. And they don't realize they would be doing their child a favor to find anything good about the child, anything good. And anybody that has a disadvantaged child or any type of person that has more problems than the average child, we need to don't tell them that they're great all the time because they may not feel like they're great, but at least find something about them like when they smile at you, oh, that's such a cute smile. You made my day by smiling at me right now. You know, something. Instead of trying to put everybody down, I think when people put someone down, this is just me, but I think when someone puts someone down, they're really putting themselves down. Does that make sense to you? Oh, yes. Yeah, I agree. They don't like themselves, so they want to take it out on you. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, my mother's mother was super critical about my mom's looks. And it's so weird how, like, I feel like I'm very self-aware when it comes to my daughter. And if I'm acting a certain way, I'll be like, oh, that wasn't right or I'll apologize. My mother used to say to my sister and I, you're so lucky I don't treat you the way my mother treated me. Like I had a pimple, she'd make a huge fuss, everything I wore, she was controlling. She's, and I'm thinking, you're telling me at 11, I need a nose job. How are you not like your mother? I never said that, but I thought, how is she so not self-aware? I don't understand. Well, because we learn from our peers and from our parents, we learn yeah. what they do by example. So your daughter will grow up with a very different sense of self than you did. Thank goodness. And your mother yes. did. And maybe probably her mother did. These things are very hard to get rid of when that's what you True. learned. It's a learned behavior. And people don't realize that they learned uh, this behavior. If they have a poor sense of self or a lack of ability to manage their emotions for a low self-worth, in so many ways, and it increases the risk of negative body image for them. So I don't know how your mother got through uh, doing, uh, having experienced this herself, uh, but it made her feel better by doing the same thing to you. I'm not sure if that's <laughs> right on, but uh, it's what I've seen in my practice. Well, you know, it, it makes me think of, I used to live next door to a woman who would yell a lot. And I, I pointed out one day that, and this is going to connect all, by the way, everyone that, you know, it upset my daughter and upset me. I could hear her in my house yelling at her kids. And she said, well, I'm a yeller and I come from a long line of yellers and that's just what we do. And I thought that is so sad. Like I could be like, well, I think I'm going to insult my daughter's looks or make her feel bad because that's what my mother did. No, you have to change the pattern. Why would you brag about being abusive? It, it makes no sense to me. That's a very good point. Unbelievable. I'm so glad you brought it up because Thank you. people do not realize what they're doing as parents and change. If you think that it's hard to change other people, try changing yourself. You can't change other people, but you can change yourself. And for you to have done that, that makes you a real winner in my eyes. Oh, well, she didn't take too kindly to it. We ended up moving. We were going to get an addition. I'm like, you know what? I can't live next door to this person anymore. So luckily, <laughs> we, we were able to move. But it's that, that thing of, a you know, you get stuck in these patterns. And, and, and I also, you know, I want to talk today because the time goes by. We have about 10 minutes. It's unbelievable how fast this goes. What are some tips if you have a child dealing with um, body images, if you yourself are dealing with it? And it doesn't have to be to the level of body dysmorphia, but even just looking at, again, I urge everyone to, to go to Twitter and type in they said and uh, with the, ha excuse me, hashtag they said, 
And please scroll through these and add your own. I think it's so good for us to share. And, you know, again, this is uh, women are sharing their experiences with body shaming. And what can we do, Dr. Joyce? How do we help ourselves and, and kind of get these messages out of our heads? Well, you can't acknowledge what you don't know. And if mm. you don't know that you have a low self-esteem, nothing and no one is going to change that. You have to go within yourself like you did, like so few people do. That's what makes you a winner because you did go internally and say, wait a minute. You examined it. I was interviewed uh, recently, and uh, the woman asked me, how did I change from my childhood? And I said, I used the dictionary. I don't know if you heard that one. But I looked up Mm. things that people were saying about me in the dictionary, and I'd say, well, that's not true. I don't have four eyes. I only have two. You know, and so (laughs) (laughs) I basically just researched myself. So that's what helped me as an adult. But research is starting to demonstrate that negative attitudes toward physical appearance by older siblings or parents and caregivers have a direct a direct impact on children's views of themselves that may that they may never change. It's up to the parent to change and then pass that along to the child. Say to the child, you know, I didn't realize what I was doing when I brought you up. Uh, even if your mother had done that when you were 20, it wouldn't have mattered. You would have at least realized that, you know, we're not perfect. There's no uh, book on how to parent. And so I really think that it's very uh, commendable for people that involve others uh, commenting ne- negatively about themselves. I'd like to tell you a story that happened to me. Uh, in, in my sure. practice, I had a mother bring in her daughter because her daughter was a problem, quote, unquote. And I was in the second floor of a mall, and on the first floor was a really nice little restaurant with Coke and potato chips and that type of thing. And the mother in front of her daughter was telling me what a problem child she was in front of her daughter. I'm sitting there mm-hmm. with a mother and a daughter. I haven't given them their assessment that I do with people, and uh, I couldn't believe my ears, so I said her name was Susie. I said, Susie, here's $10. Go downstairs to the little shop. It's safe in this building. We're in a good neighborhood, and no one's going to bother you. And I, I called downstairs, and I said, I'm sending a little girl down there. Don't anybody touch her. Um, and, and those days, it was, uh, I'm talking sure. years ago now, it was much safer yeah. to do that kind of thing. But she, I sent her away, and I said to the mother, I, I don't know how to say this. I said, but I feel like I'd rather lose a client than to have you do what you're doing to your daughter any more minutes, any more wow, hours, any great. more days. The daughter is not the problem. This is a family problem. This is a problem that needs to be solved by talking to each other. Uh, I'm going to invite her back up, and then I'm going to read your assessment so she can learn more about you and you can learn more about her. And they ended up being really close. And I thought one of the experiences of my life, that was a really good experience for me because I changed the family dynamic. And so you want to, uh, basically as a parent, now that's if they acknowledge it. They have to acknowledge it first. As a parent, there's really, really some good books that they could be reading. But like I said, you can't fix what you don't acknowledge. And if you don't acknowledge something, how could you fix it? There's a book called Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, CBT, that teaches mm-hmm. uh, parents to recognize thoughts and change negative thinking patterns. That's really good. There's one that's, uh, I re- that I read. I read about all this mental health stuff. So I was very interested in it. You know, feeling good about the 
way you look, a program for overcoming body dysmorphic, even if you don't have it, it's a good book to read. And there's one called The Broken Mirror, Understanding and Treating Body Dysmor- uh, Dysmorphic Disorder. That's a tongue uh, twister there. That is a mouthful. Uh, and, and, you know, really, body image, there's a body image program in, in Rhode Island that, and Massachusetts hospitals, there's clinics. There's all kinds of places they can go to get help. But the problem, Lisa, is is that you can't get help for what you don't know you have a problem with. You have to recognize the problem, change your behavior, and then your child's behavior will change. That makes so much sense. What was that mother's uh, immediate reaction? It sounds like you made the family better, but was she immediately on board, or was she taken aback? Was she defensive when you said that to her? that's why I love that. You're asking great questions. Um, it's a good place for, for um, uh, the usual show. Um, what I want to say is that the uh, it, it's very good to uh, do assessments, and that's why I do them. I don't see a client unless I give them one. They're scientifically based. And so I read them. Uh, I had the daughter read the mothers. I had the mothers read the daughter by themselves, and then we talked about it. And the daughter was a completely different personality type than the mother. One was an introvert, one was an extrovert, one was left brain, one was right brain. So there were a lot of things getting in the way of their relationship. So the mother didn't understand. And I think that understanding is key. I once had a professor that said, in order to understand somebody, you have to go under them. It's like if somebody's sitting in a chair, sit on the floor and look up to them. Because it's very important to understand other people. It's not about yourself. It's about understanding who someone is. My children are different as night and day. My son will run into a restaurant and say, Mom, give me the biggest hug and almost break my bones. And and my daughter (laughs) is just not a hugger. And so are they both great kids? Do I love them both exactly the same? Absolutely. But you have to understand them. And I, like you, figured that out. I figured, well, these things aren't happening because I'm a bad mother or these things aren't happening because I did anything wrong. It's just that they have DNA, and that's what makes us who we are. We have to understand people. Does that answer your question? Yes. Dr. Joyce, you are so wonderful. The time goes by way too quickly. I have to say, I feel really... Ooh, like a weight's lifted off. I, 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 the one thing I want to add is the irony of my shame wasn't that I had the plastic surgery, but that it didn't turn out well. Like I was embarrassed. I'm like, who has plastic surgery and looks terrible? Um, <laughs> for years, uh, many people go in and have it, and it. That they do look terrible. Go ahead. Yeah, and that I had it, and that I gave in to my mother, and I should have stood up to her. You know, I was 16. It's difficult, but it feels really good, and I'm so glad that you were the person that I, uh, I shared it with, and everybody listening, obviously. But I just think you're great, Dr. Joyce. Tell us all the ways we can find out more about you, and uh, everyone should follow Dr. Joyce on Twitter. I think everybody does. I mean, don't you have like <laughs> 1.9 million or something? I just <laughs> turned over to 1.9 million. I'm going, oh my god, where do people coming from? Because I answer everybody, so I have to take the time to do that. But I just love the yes. people. I love Twitter. So. My, my website has been a thorn in my side, so uh, it's not what I want it to be, but they can find uh, me there as I'm working on it at www.drjoyceknudson.com, spelled D-R-J-O-Y-C-E-K-N-U-D-S-E-N. And, I, uh, and share your Twitter handle, too. I was just going to say, my Twitter handle <laughs> is at D R. 
J-O-Y-C-E underscore Knudsen, K-N-U-D-S-E-N. I look forward to meeting a lot of more people on Twitter and communicating with you because I just love helping people. Oh, that is great. Well, speaking of helping people, I want to thank our sponsor this month, month, excuse me, Goddess Garden. They have the best sunscreen because it's mineral-based sunscreen. It is reef safe. It is good for you. It's good for your family. So please check them out at goddessgarden.com. I absolutely adore their sunscreen. And I adore all of you. Thank you so much for listening to Naturally Savvy Podcast. You can find us on at radio. You can go to radiomd.com. You can find us on iTunes, on iHeart. If you rate and review, it really helps the show. And I want to thank Thank everyone again. Stay well.